What's up, y'all? Welcome to the new year. It's 2019. Thank y'all for tuning in once again. This is the first podcast of 2019, so I want to say thank you guys once again. We're going into our second year here, so I'm very happy to even be at this point. I didn't know how many I would do when this whole thing started, and now I don't see any end in sight, so this should be a really awesome year filled with prosperity and growth and self-improvement and all the things that you should be accustomed to listening to from previous podcasts. Uh, today's podcast is actually, it's not what you would expect for the first one of the year. Like normally you would think it would be something about like resolutions or um, about like self-improvement or something like that. This is actually <laughs> kind of random. It's just, it came up. And so I just decided to speak on it. Um, we're going to talk about stereotypes today and not the fun ones and you know, get into all the nuances of what that is. There are two in particular that we're going to talk about, but I have to contextualize these things. So I've never, or I'll say I had never, I had never like flown a first class before. I don't, I don't know what the feeling's like. I've seen it in movies, you know, where they give you drinks and, you know, you have all this leg room and it seems like a party. Like we all saw bridesmaids, like it's, I guess, some version of what that is. But I've always imagined that people in first class had to act a certain way. Whether it's true or not, I have no idea. Where, you know, there's the legs are folded, you know, they have a cardigan on <laughs> or something like that. And everyone's respectful and, you know, they have a nice blanket and all that good stuff. And um, I had the opportunity when I flew back home for the holidays to upgrade my ticket to one. It wasn't my original idea to get one, but um, I don't really get gifts anymore for the holidays. I think. The gift for me is being home with my family and stuff. So normally I don't have anything tangible to take away from a holiday except the experiences and the memories and all that. So I thought this would be a good gift for myself. I had a good 2018, as you guys have been chronicled in for the last year or so, from where it started to the move to the car to credit cards to, you know, shows and all that good stuff. You guys have been with me the whole time. And so I thought, what a what better way to finish the year than, you know, with this little treat. And they gave me the very first seat on the plane, like the single seater. When you first walk in, the person you see. And it was me and like, I don't know, 11 white people, most of them older. It was like one young mom. But and um, obviously, you know, I stood out. I was <laughs> had some like Carolina blue headphones on, flip flops and like a million backpack it like it. Nothing about what I was doing seemed to fit the situation, and um, I was I was aware that me being up there could look a certain way, and so the thing about stereotypes is that sometimes it's like perception, like maybe I'm perceiving them looking at me a certain way and they weren't, and maybe because I am black and I'm, I was in first class that it's exactly what I thought it was, who knows, but let's go with the idea that it was what I thought it was. So I had to make sure that when I was up there, I didn't embarrass, one, myself, and two, my people. I don't want to be in first class like, what's up with the scrimps, y'all? Like what you probably see in movies or like in Soul Plane and that kind of dumb stuff. I don't even like shrimp. I'm allergic to it, but that's not important. Um, And I don't drink alcohol, but, you know, we also know that. Like the first class person who's just like lit because they start giving you drinks as soon as you sit down in first class. I didn't know. Like, I sat down, and before I even got put my seatbelt on, she was like, would you like a drink, sir? I was like, um, can I um, put my seatbelt on first? 
But that's the thing. They just cater to you. And they just keep bringing you drinks. There's no limit to it, depending on how long your flight is. My flight was like an hour and a half. So, you know, you can get pretty get pretty saucy in that amount of time. So I just drank tea, like regular tea, not even like like Lipton. Like I had to like steep it and everything. And um, <laughs> as people were coming on the plane, I was like steeping my tea and I was sipping it or whatever. And I was playing um, like chess on my on my phone or on my iPad, actually. And so whenever the person walked up to me, I was like deep in thought trying to figure out how to like, you know, pin down somebody's queen or something. And I, I kept looking back and the women behind me, like an older lady and like a, the mom kept talking to me. Like they wanted they wanted to be engaged. I didn't I didn't want to talk to anybody. I just want to be up there. And they were like, hey, um, well, what kind of tea is that? I'm like, I don't the same tea you got. I don't know. We. I don't know what life we're living. Um, and someone's like, oh, you're playing chess? I love chess. And then the lady's like, I love your charm. And I was just like, what's going on right now? Like They were really trying to engage me. I think the mom wanted some of that smoke. I think I think she wanted she wanted that action because she was with a little kid. I didn't see a ring. I didn't see a husband. I think she was just like, all right, me and this black dude from the meet up in the Mile High Club or whatever. But I remember like I, I was very respectful. Like, hey, thank you. Thank you. You know, I didn't. I didn't do anything out of pocket. I enjoyed the flight. It was very cozy, um, but it was just it was it was very comfortable. That's it's the best way to describe it. I didn't have any issues. I didn't have to worry about crying babies. Some like big dude elbowing me in my seat. It was just like uh, such a smooth. And we got I was the first dude off the plane. Like the idea that we've all been on a plane. Well, as soon as it lands, people just start like this mad dash to the middle, despite the fact that their bags are in the overhead compartment. And they're like in the wrong aisles and stuff. And people just start running around in this chaos because they want to be the first one to baggage claim and blah, 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 blah. And there was none of that anxiety. Like we got off. It's like, here you go, sir. You can leave the blanket right there. I just walked off the plane first. Your, your bag comes out of the, um, the terminal thing or whatever priority. So it was one of the first bags out. So I walked out to the baggage claim, picked my bag. Up. It was such a smooth and like a beautiful exchange. And it was like. That's a goal for this year to be able to travel like that more often because it was the pinnacle of just this is awesome. <laughs> like this is this is this is how people should fly if they could afford to. Um but I remember I was telling my family the story and they were like, Man, did you did you wild out up there? Were people like trying to check you? Were they treating you some kind of way? And I was like, nah, I was ultra respectful. I was no cordial to people. I didn't make a lot of noise. I had my headphones. I didn't have my music just blasting off my phone where the whole plane can hear it. I wasn't doing anything that they could feel some kind of way about. Now, we can get into, I guess, the discussion of whether or not I should have to even worry about that. But let's just table that for a different time. At the moment, it was just, I acted like I had been there before. That's 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 kind of what my idea was. Pretend like you've been here before. That's what they say about teams that win a lot in sports. Like, you know how people celebrate a single playoff win or, like, a conference championship, but they don't win a real championship. And the teams who win for real, they just walk off the court, shake your hand, hey, man, good game. Yeah, but we got bigger fish to fry. I think that mentality is kind of where you have to be when you're in certain respects. So this was a act like you've been there before. You know, keep, treat everybody with respect. And at the end of the day, if they ever see me again, they'll be like, oh, that dude was cool the first time. It wasn't like, ugh, this guy's in first class again. And so it was a great experience. 
I look forward to the next one. I'll make sure I tell you guys about how that goes. But that was a, the stereotype is what was the overarching part of that part of the story. So that part is pretty chill. It's pretty straightforward. Um, but the last couple of days, I've gotten into a different stereotype discussion, and it revolves around tipping. And I don't mean like cows. I mean like at a restaurants and stuff. And there's this long-standing stereotype that black people don't tip. We've all heard it, right? I don't. I didn't make it up. I don't know how long it's existed. You know, I'll say at least a hundred years. I mean, maybe less than that because we probably weren't in restaurants back in the early 1900s and stuff. But I'm just saying, like, it's it's been a thing that's been around for a long time, and. I had to explain to one of my clients today that everything that happens in cultures is, con- is, is, is contextual, right? So the best way I could describe why I think some black people don't tip, because obviously it's not true of all stereotypes that is universally true. It's just maybe mostly true, is the context of if you don't go to places where tipping is the norm, that you don't have any context for it. You just don't know what it's about. Like, as a kid, I think the best restaurant we ever went to was, like, the Olive Garden. Maybe Applebee's, but I guess, you know, those are pretty much the same. And if you get the soup, salad, and breadstick, that was, like, nine ninety nine back in the day. All right, you get that for a couple kids. I don't know. Maybe we split some kind of dessert. It's a $25 meal, right? So, yeah, I guess... I guess 10% tip is the bare minimum of tipping. So it's 250, you know, whatever. But back in the day, man, 25 was a lot. Like going out was a big deal. And um I I don't think we tipped a lot as kids just because every dollar we had was precious. I mean, I guess the idea of giving out like even that's the wrong way to phrase it, but giving 3 or 4 dollars away when every dollar is kind of precious to you, it's more of a me versus them situation. It's like a self-preservation thing, even if it's the wrong way to look at it, because obviously they work for it, right? They deserve some compensation for service, for bread, for water, all that good stuff. But if you're thinking of money as a finite resource and as a very diminishing resource at that, which is what you know, being poor and all that stuff is in your own mind, then the idea of it is the money I spend is the money I want to spend on me primarily, and I don't have the freedom to give it away. It would be almost the same thing as why you wouldn't donate to a cause at a local drive or something. Hey, can you donate a couple dollars to so-and-so research? And it would be like, that's probably a really admirable thing to do. I'm sure they needed money, but I needed money. And so I don't have enough of it or at least I don't feel like I do, to give to it. I think that's how a lot of black people, especially ones who, you know, don't have, have seen tipping over the years. Um, I think it's better now because, one, we have social media shaming to get people to do better. Like, if you write a zero tip, they post a picture and write your name and stuff, and now you're you're accountable to what that is. So it's people have been kind of shamed into it, I guess, on some level. And also, I think... More of us are in the service industry, so we understand that people live on tips. They That's how they make their money. And so that $3 that you may feel like, uh, I get $3 or whatever, but that's a big deal for them. 
because they work for it. Um, I'm a big tipper, primarily like for the most part. I never, like, I didn't know about tipping growing up, and I didn't start going to decent restaurants. I'm using decent, real loose. I'm talking, you know, a twenty-five dollar plate, maybe. Like that's even that's still pretty cheap, but I'm not about that high roll of life, right? <laughs> but um, so this is this is how I do my tipping structure, and I guess you guys can comment on it or let me know how you feel about it. When I go to a lunch, which is not often, I don't go out for lunch often because I cook lunch and I'm at a gym a lot of times. Um, it's typically something that's not too over the top. I very rarely spend more than twenty dollars on lunch, um, so my tip is fifteen percent. That's a, I think that's a good lunch tip. Usually the service is quick and fast. It's usually not overly attentive because you have a ton of people in there. So it's, hey, is your bread good? How's the food? Good. All right, cool. I'll be back in 20 minutes. Like people are rushing around. You don't get that catered kind of service. And because the food items you get, salad, panini, you know, whatever it is, it's usually pretty quick and usually fast. But I think 15% is a solid number, mostly because you're not spending a ton of money. Um, but dinner, I'm 20% tipper. 20 to 25%. It really depends on how good it is overall. But 20% is my number. That's where I start. And dinner is obviously more expensive. So if you do like a sushi night with a girl, you know, that bill comes out to like 75 or something. Hey, man, that's a $15 tip you're walking out with. I guess I'm putting 90 on it. Like it's, it's, it's a real situation. I don't mess around with it. I think it's, oh, maybe I'm paying it back. From being a kid or something like that, but also dinner is a different thing. It takes longer. There's more drinking involved. Usually more communal. Right? There's more people around. You get to relax, catch up on a day. The ambiance is nice. Um, they may have been working all day, so you know part of it is listen. You've been working for a certain number of hours. You deserve this. And um, and I think when you work at night, there's a, just a premium pricing attached to that for any service. If you work overnight, you should get paid more. I think it's just, I think it's just the way it is. Most people don't want to work at night; they want to spend their nights going out and stuff. So, if you're working at night, I think you deserve that twenty percent. And if you're really dope, maybe I'll even push up to twenty-five. Maybe it's happened a couple of times where someone was just like, "Yo, this waiter is a superhero. What a champion!" They come over and, "Hey, normally you know we charge extra for this. Don't even worry about it. I got you." Hey, we got a new dessert on the menu. You want it for free? Hey, don't tell them I gave it to you, all right? I'm just like, hey, yeah, what dessert? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you ain't enough for me. Like, those people, was like, hey, man, you already had a, a strong 20, but then you came around the corner with that extra, extra. Now you get 25. So that's, those are my, those are my pricing points for my basic tips. And I started doing this in the last couple of years, even when, you know, things weren't, awesome for me financially it was more like just something out of, out of principle i started doing it is if if i get takeout i usually give two or three dollars just as a matter of courtesy um if you're getting takeout then obviously there's no extra service element to it we just took your order and put it in the bag for you and sometimes i don't even put silverware in it which is unreasonable but okay and um you just give two or three dollars, and it's just to let you know, hey, I appreciate you for what you do. It's almost like paying a tax for other people who don't tip. Um, 
I've got some pushback from some people on that. It's like, why are you tipping them? They've done nothing except receive the order. Like, isn't the tip for the service? And it's like, yeah, probably, but it's 2 or $3, and it's pretty minimal to the person giving it. I think it means a lot to the person receiving it. Um, I used to go to an IHOP near the original Speak location in Miami, and um, I would go out there, Speak was done, so it was like 1 or 2 in the morning. And I'll always get the big steak omelet and uh, pancakes on the side. And it came out to about mm, like $11, $12. And I would always just round up and just give them like 15 And at first they were like, man, this guy's tipping a lot. And I never ate inside. I always took it to go. And like one day I got an omelet. Like I'm just not going to lie. I'm just be real. I look like they put two omelets in one bag. It was The bag was so heavy. It was so much omelet. I'm like, dude, I don't know if I can eat all this omelet. And... um. The, the chef in the back was just like, hey, man, you always come in and you always tip. And um, they didn't know your name, but they knew your order. And they just they held you down. And then going forward, they just started really hooking me up with the eggs. And the, the steak was always just so fat, so delicious. And they just put so much in the bag. It was so much food. And it was just from a couple $3 you know, tips that was insignificant to me. But I guess it meant a lot to them because at night, especially like at 1, 2, 3 in the morning, people really don't tip. Right? They're drunk. Um, they probably throw up and stuff. There's a lot of stuff that happens late at night, and uh, that was that was awesome. I was just like, oh man, that's that's dope that y'all are trying to take care of me. I was just doing what I thought was right. I did have this philosophical conversation with one of my clients today, though, about the tipping thing. I never thought of this. Um, I don't drink, as you guys know, especially in life. But when I go out, either usually I'm with a woman who does drink, though. So. We don't end up getting bottles. We just get whatever glasses she wants. So like a glass or two of wine, I don't know, it's maybe like $20 or so. Um, I think a bottle is like 40 or 45 So if you have two people drinking, then it's smarter to get the bottle. If you have one, get the drinks. And this client was telling me, so if I get a, a bottle with my wife and it's $50, but all you do as a waiter is uncork it and then place it on the table that $50 goes towards our bill right so if I'm doing a 20% tip because this is dinner and you just gave you know this big bottle of wine that's a $10 extra tip for uncorking a bottle and that's for a $50 bottle let's say you're you know really going in and you're getting a 75 or you kind of do the math from there it's like I could be paying an extra $15-20 for you to uncork something you can even give me the cork. I'll uncork it. <laughs> but it takes a little service. You went to retrieve the bottle. Should I be accountable to tip you for that percentage as well? Or is it our regular bill minus the drink bill? And I'm not going to lie to you. Never thought of it. Um, interesting point. I've never gotten a bottle at dinner. I've, I don't even, didn't know what the prices were. Um, but I, I must say, I think he made a solid point. I think he doesn't tip on that and then tips well like 20% on the regular meal um, I'm sure if you're working in, in, in the industry you think this is awful but I don't know I think he has a compelling point um, I guess you guys can let me know how you feel about that uh, post the podcast but it is something to think about I guess the overall the overall point of all this is to I guess highlight the benefit of what this is but also to I guess enlighten people who 
don't understand. Just like I don't know why people don't tip. Like it's not, it's not a we don't care situation. I think sometimes it's a the lack of knowledge. It could be some ignorance there, but also just now if you have the resources and you don't tip, then you're a jerk. I think that's you know if you got rich and you you don't tip, then what are you doing? Like you got to take care of the servers and stuff. Now if you've gotten awful service, then I guess. You can not tip as a shine of protest, but even then, I'll just do like 10%. Um, but if you don't have, then you don't know, then it doesn't mean you can't know and you can't learn, but I understand. I empathize on some level because I've been there before. And um, hopefully, for those of you who maybe haven't thought about it to this level, this is useful for you. And maybe you can just, you know, switch your style up and tip better i'm not even a tipper like this doesn't benefit me at all i guess this is just out for the world but i think it's something that people can be better at i think when you tend to service people they tend to you better and it's a better relationship overall and we all kind of win for it so that's how we're going to start the year off people tip better (laughs) thank you guys for tuning in as always um you know keep following reposting Telling friends and family. Um, hopefully you get something from the podcast. And I'll keep posting if y'all keep listening. Deuces. <laughs>